Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and we'll do something a little bit different here because of the circumstances. And there's just me, so I don't want it to sound too boring because I get sick of the sound of my own voice. But the reality is I'm on the road for 31 days. I'm travelling around. I'm covering the Euros. I've got nine countries, 15 different matches. And my focus has got to be that tournament. But obviously Manchester United haven't ceased to exist during that time and there are a few things rumbling along in the background so I don't know maybe just imagine it as we've just met in a bar and you ask me questions and what I did this morning before I just flew to Amsterdam because I was in Seville I went onto Twitter and said if you've got any questions send them in and a couple of hundred of you sent questions in now there's no way I've got time to answer a couple of hundred questions, but some of them are pretty similar. Believe it or not, there's one or two about transfers. And I'm going to try and get through uh, as as much as I can. Um, just got to Amsterdam ahead of the Holland game against North Macedonia. And then I go on to London, then back to Seville, then to Baku. Uh, I've, in the last week, I've been in London, Munich, uh, Copenhagen, Seville... The weather's been brilliant. It's been it's been really good. I mean, it's full on travelling. I realise I'm very lucky to do this for my job. I've had seven different COVID tests and there's loads of paperwork, but it's just become the normal for me now. So to when you stay on the road for this long, you've got to look after yourself. You know, you can't be going drinking and and caning it. Uh, you've got to keep yourself fit. And I've just spent the last half hour washing clothes. So there you go. What a luxurious life eh and I'm in Amsterdam now so I've got a nice view in the docks area and it's very different to um, when I, I came here in, in 94 right? you might like this one before I get straight into your questions so in 94 I was going to every single United game with my mates and if you missed one game home or away you weren't a proper fan now that sounds ridiculous because it is ridiculous but that was the reality. We went everywhere. And one lad who didn't go to Galatasaray away was called a part-timer. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. And all of these lads grew up and got families and some stopped going. Some just went to home matches. Some still go to an awful lot of matches. So I saw that one weekend in February, there was no football. So I arranged a trip to Amsterdam. A coach from Manchester. I was running the coaches, the United We Stand Red Issue coaches to matches. So I had a contact at the coach company and I sold 50 tickets to mates and fair few girls as well. And to people who like what Amsterdam has got to offer. And I don't mean looking at Rembrandt's. And we set off from Manchester noon on Friday. So here's the plan. We sleep Friday night on the ferry from Harwich to the Hooker Holland. Saturday night, we sleep in Amsterdam in a hotel, which I'd sorted for everybody. Sunday night, we're back on the ferry. We get back to Manchester noon on Monday. It was like 70 quid. wasn't a lot of money at all. And that was all fine. Sold all the tickets and everything was, was shaping up nicely. But then United, or the authorities, rearranged a game at QPR in London. And I didn't want to miss that. So here's what I did. I went with the coach overnight, got to the Hook of Holland, 
And I asked the coach driver, because I'd organised a coach, to drop me off at Schiphol Airport. He dropped me off there and I flew straight back to England, where I'd just come from. Knowing that Loftus Road, where QPR played, was on the right side of London to get to. Knowing that there was lots of flights between Amsterdam and London. My intention was to watch the game Saturday afternoon, when we had three o'clock kickoffs. Fly straight back and be back in Amsterdam with me mates by eight o'clock Saturday night. And rejoin the trip, if you like. So that's what I did. Got to Heathrow and customs took a very keen eye on me. So, sir, you're telling us that you left England last night and now you're back here and you slept on a ferry and now you're flying straight back. So they invited me in for further questioning, but I didn't have, I didn't have anything to hide. I was happy to be questioned. The only thing I was worried about was I didn't want to miss kickoff. And the guy... At customs, he brought one of his superiors in. I told him the truth. He said, well, have you got any proof of this? And I'd organised a trip, so I had proof. And I had a match ticket, so I showed him that. And he just looked at me and said, maybe you need professional help here. But off you go. I hope your team wins. Of course they won. Gig scored a brilliant goal. United end went mental. And... I went back to Amsterdam and joined everyone and clearly they thought it was an absolute nut job as well. And now I'm back in Amsterdam and I'm about to get stuck into your questions. And the first one is from the Red Army. Can you bring something back with you? Um, well, obviously you know the answer to that. What do you want? A porno film like my uh, one of my teachers asked in 91 around Rotterdam when we came to Amsterdam. As in the sixth form and I got asked by a teacher who gave me 15 quid to bring him back a porno film. Can you imagine that now? So there's 200 questions. I'm not going to get through all of them. Quite a few of you have asked about Aaron Wambasaka playing central defence. Uh, that's news to me. As far as I understand with Aaron Wambasaka, um, he's not someone who's considered to be great in the air. And I, do, I have asked a few people about this um someone said to me that he could play in a three but he'd struggle with somebody like harry kane and the way that harry kane backs into him and someone and i say someone you either trust me or you don't trust me said uh someone like burnley would eat aaron Wambasaka alive in a premier league game so i've not heard anything about that uh, Trippier, I wrote the story on Trippier a couple of weeks ago. Uh, nothing's changed there. United want him, as I understand it. The player wants to come to Manchester. He's from Greater Manchester. He's been happy in Madrid. Atletico do not want to sell him. Diego Simeone likes him. I spoke to some Atletico fans yesterday in Sevilla. They like him as well. And United want him. For the reasons that I explained in the article, which I did for The Athletic, they thought he was better crossing than Aaron Wan-Bissaka. They think that Aaron's improving and they need competition for right-back. They want a similar effect at right-back that Alex Talish brought when he arrived and we saw a transformation with Luke Shaw. And also, United are playing a lot of games. They need cover in lots of different um, positions just got Wales against Italy on the TV here, so excuse me for one second while I watch a free kick and take a sip of coffee so that is what I understand with 
Trippier. So the deal's not been done. Um, United want him. And, oh, Italy just hit the post. And Oli's taken some time off. He's gone back to Norway. And he has left a list of players who he wants. And it's basically up to the people led by Ed Woodward to try and get these players. Now, Joel Glazer said that in an ideal world, the players come in early, but we don't want to be taken advantage of. That's definitely happened in the past. And I realise there's groans of cynicism here, but I also realise United had the pants pulled down with Alexis Sanchez. United want players who want to come to the club. They'll get exceptionally well paid, but there hasn't been that much transfer activity so much so far. And you've got the Euros going on as well. So what you might have with someone like Trippier is that they really want to come, then they've got to push to leave. They've basically got to say, I want to leave. And few clubs want unhappy players on their books. But that is the situation uh, with him at the moment. Um, So Adami says, Parking Sancho and the weird Trippier pursuit. Uh, I don't think it is weird. I think it makes sense. I think he's a decent player. Um, no one's saying he's going to be the standout summer signing. And and for, for parking Sancho, well, as I understand it with Sancho, United want Sancho. Sancho wants to join Manchester United. Uh, the personal terms, I don't think will be a, a big issue. Clearly he's going to get paid a lot. Uh, there's a, a disagreement on, on the figures, which is entirely normal in negotiations. And a few of you have said to me, why United going for a player who can't even get into an England team, who can't even beat Scotland. I don't think that's really fair on Sancho. I'm not watching him every week, but I speak to people who do. I speak to former professional footballers who live in Germany, work in Germany. Probably rather I didn't name him here. And they know Jaden Sancho far, far better than I do. And I listen to them because they know the shit. And I said he's a very good player. He had a very good second half to to the season. Uh, Craig wants to know Sancho news or Varane news. Um, Varane's obviously highly rated. He's been scouted by United this season. Didn't have a great game in the two games that he was directly scouted. Uh, United want one central defender. So I wrote in February about Koundé from Seville. In March, I wrote about um, Pau Torres. And I watched Pau Torres live last night and I spoke to Pau Torres in Gdansk after a game of football that I want to forget about. And Pau Torres is a very good player and Real Madrid are probably interested in him as well now that Sergio Ramos is likely to move on. Um, He's a left-footed ball-playing defender. Is he perfect for the Premier League? I don't know. Once again, I asked professional scouts in Spain whose job it is to watch these people who've managed at the top level. One of them said to me, uh, he's similar to Laporte at Manchester City. They doubted whether he was a leader, but clearly he's very talented, as is Koundé, totally different type of player. Um, Very fast, very good in the air, despite not being tall. And Varane is Varane, you know, he's a world-class player in theory, although he's had a couple of iffy patches as well. Um, James Dixon uh, Andy, have you heard any specifics regarding the intention to invest in the stadium, redesign, expansion, fan experience externally? Well, I've written consistently about 
United not investing enough into Old Trafford because I'm a stadium geek and I care deeply about these things, probably too deeply. And there's been a change, as we've seen in recent weeks. Uh, all I know is that Joel Glazer has he's basically said, look, we've got to do more than painting the girders. And they have painted the girders. And Old Trafford is smarter outside. They've tidied it up. We've got to be fair to, to the club there. And I think fans, when they return, will notice. But that doesn't mean a new, uh, new seating deck above the main stand, for example. So I would await, I'd, I'd await news there. I'm not sure it'll be imminent because United are still in these, these, these pandemic conditions. We saw the new uh, financial results come out. A few days ago, United are weathering the storm better than most football clubs, but I, I doubt the priority at the moment is expanding the stadium. But it's definitely become more of an issue, and the club finally have acknowledged that. Because it's only three years ago when I'd speak to people and they couldn't really see what the issue was and thought it was barking up the wrong tree. Nah, I, I, I absolutely maintain that Old Trafford was in danger of being left behind. And parts of it were starting to look a little bit shabby. I've not heard anything about United wanting to move stadiums. So I can't give you a fully conclusive answer there. But that is what I know. Uh, Tom wants to know, will Pogba, will Pogba possibly leaving the club allow us to sign a new midfielder who offers to balance the team? Um, I wrote a big piece for The Athletic about Pogba this week. And I think he's happier at Old Trafford. Uh, as, and people say, why is he doing better for France? And he's got better players around him. He feels less pressure. And again, this isn't me talking. I spoke to sources who know him far, far better than I do and didn't want the names to it because they're just sick of the shit that goes with the Pogba um, merry-go-round. And aggregator accounts twisting what people say and, and I don't blame him but he's happy when he plays for France he's got a good relationship with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at United he's got a very good relationship with Deschamps and I wrote in mid-February that he was amenable to signing a new contract at United I've not heard anything to counter that and you can sort of see why because clubs probably aren't queuing up to sign him like they they would have been doing um, let's see, Mayoresh, um, anonymous account, when is Joel Glazer leaving, don't know, don't know the answer to that, um, Robert Force, do you really think Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is the right manager for United, um, well I think he needs to win trophies to become the right manager for Manchester United, but I think he's doing a good job. I think he needed a trophy last season. That Europa League still stings massively. And I think he's been in the job now since December 18. He's got to start winning trophies. And getting United to second last season was above expectations. There were some really good moments. But United have got to be winning trophies. And I think Oli's improved things. But United have got to be winning trophies. And if he gets it's the signings that he wants, I'd like to see... United even better next season and I wouldn't sack him now. I know some people think he should go, but I, I wouldn't. That's my that's my opinion. I think he's doing doing a good job. That needs to become a great job, which it will be if he starts winning uh, trophies. Uh, Anand, how's your Euro tour? Have you scouted any players for United? Well, I've explained a bit about it. 
the the mood is in the places that I've been to. And Copenhagen was like a big party. People weren't wearing masks. The weather's been great wherever I've been. The travel is a bit of a hassle. The German border guard looked at my picture on my accreditation, laughed at me because I I was red because I'd been in the sun before taking the picture for it and just said to me in English, come on, which I quite liked, giving me a bit of shit because I've got a bad picture on my accreditation. I've been lucky to go to great cities and I've just got to another one here in Amsterdam. Seville is a wonderful place. I'm going back there next week. In terms of players, um, there was a a lad called Paul Pogba who was very good. Uh, I've not seen every game because I'm travelling all the time. So I'm I'm only really watching the games that, that I'm at. I thought Lewandowski was hugely influential for Poland against Spain. And I'll I'll answer that question in a few weeks because I need to see more players. Guillaume Trusson, what book about European football culture would you recommend to any United fan? Uh there's quite I think maybe we do a podcast on books in the future. Because People don't really talk about books on Twitter. They're not asked, are they? They're just asked about transfer stuff. But there's some really, really good books on football. And there's a lot of absolute shit as well. But there are some really good, I mean, historically uh, books as well. You know, The Miracle of Castel de Sangro, all played out by Pete Davis. These these are classic books. And some of the autobiographies are really uh, worth reading as well. I've been working with a player on an autobiography as well, which I think you'll all be interested in. That's set to come out in October. And that's obviously United related. Uh, I did a book on Derby games in 2008. Travelled around the world, writing about the fan culture. In fact, probably the, the moodiest place was here in Amsterdam for Ajax Feyenoord. And then I went over to Rotterdam. Uh, I didn't see any security as high anywhere in the world as I did for that game. And... Let's see now. Let's try and get through. There's so many questions and I appreciate them. But any view of transfer activity imminently? Not that I know of. When's the Sancho unveiling? I don't know because you need to sign him before they unveil him. C- CB targets in order of preference. I think I've named the, the centre-half United are looking at. Uh, G-Kid, are United looking at a central defensive midfielder? I said a few weeks ago that Declan Rice had impressed. He'd slimmed down. Uh, Grealish United felt well covered in that position but clearly he's of interest Matthew James am I being premature in thinking this transfer window will be another failure Um, well United haven't signed anyone yet but what's going to happen I don't know I think United if we're talking in a month's time and nobody's been signed then it, it clearly becomes more of an issue and the club don't help themselves then, but I understand the will is to, to get, get players signed. Um, can you inquire where Man United's woman manager is? There's a, there's a few questions on the women's team. Um, here's what I understand. Um, the women's setup has been a success for United so far. All right. Uh, it's loss making financially. Um, but the club are all right with that. They know the building. Uh, I think... Casey Stoney leaving really stung the club. weren't expecting that at all, and some of the reasons which came out about why she left were were not inaccurate. And I think if you're Casey Stoney and you get good job offers, then 
you should be thinking, right, I'll do what's right for me. Manchester United women may not have the same pull as Manchester United's men's team, for example. But I think United are committed to the to the women's team. And, what, second, third in England, given that the team didn't have uh, a women's team a few years ago, I think that's decent. I've been, I went to a women's game earlier this uh, earlier this year uh, John Murta was there didn't need to be there uh, he was the only member of senior staff there and yeah as I, I, as I understand it you know the, the women's team are in the market for de- decent players but I also see at other clubs there are issues with players leaving they're lost making businesses uh, Duncan Quinton of the international supporters you've met from other countries, do they generally support smaller teams like in England or do they reflect the full league structure? I mean, I met a group of lads the other day from Duisburg in northern Germany and their team's a third division team, a very historic team who were in the Bundesliga in years gone by. And they were just singing to themselves outside the stadium in Munich in the sun and it made me laugh. They they didn't give a shit. <laughs> they were just singing about how anyone can win the Champions League, how fuck the first division, and they, they made me laugh. I've met all sorts. I met Spain fans yesterday who supported Atletico Madrid, Real Betis, Sevilla. So I've not really done a, a survey on it. Um, the atmosphere is pretty friendly. I did meet a, a group of Poland lads, yes, Polish lads yesterday, and they were hooligans, clearly. And I went up to them because it's my job to speak to people. And uh, they really couldn't be asked talking to me, which is unusual. I was like, oh, um, I was um, I was in your country last month for the final, Gdansk. They just looked at me like I was a knobhead. So there you go. You don't ask, you don't get. Um, Dermot Keys, how high should United be prepared to, go to, to sign Sancho? I think United called it right last year, not paying the 120. Because he ain't going to go for 120 this time. In terms of how much, you've sort of seen a, a standoff on the figures and it's like 70, 80. Um, I think in terms of his age profile and his talent and United needing someone in that position, if only that Greenwood could move more central, then he, he would be the main signing. And I know that... Um, other players in that position who've been sounded out have certainly been told, uh, other agents have, that um, United are going for Sancho. Sancho's a priority. Uh, Gareth Francis, how wonderful is it to be travelling again? It's it's brilliant, Garth, not Gareth. Uh, I have travelled throughout the pandemic. It's very complicated. There's been times where I've been basically the only journalist at matches and these bizarre situations where I'm just in a room with Oli Gunnar in Rome. And he says, right, first question, please. Um, Andy. <laughs> Second question, please. We'll go to Andy. That's quite fun. The paperwork's a pain in the ass. As I said, I'm, I'm having a COVID test most days. But what I've really noticed on this trip is things coming back to normal. Planes are full. Airports are busier. People are walking around the cities. It's summer. That helps. And that's, that's really good. Um, priority positions, I think we've done that. Paran, a Varan Pogba swap, I've not heard that at all. Uh, Pete Boyle, 
is that what she imagined working there was really like? I think Peter's trying to insinuate that I'm in Amsterdam and I'm visiting a brothel and to speak to the, the a sex worker and ask her that question. Unfortunately, Peter, I've just washed my clothes and I'm in an hotel room. Probably not going to leave this hotel room because officially in this country, if I'm not mistaken, and I've got different rules in each country, I can only go from here to the stadium. Um, that's that's what gets me an exemption from the quarantine. Or I can go about doing my job, which is news gathering, which is obviously talking to people as well. Very slightly from country to country. Will there ever be a boy born who can swim faster than a shark? Jamie Baisley. Jesus. No. Any legitimacy to the rumours of a preferred formation? No, that's Wan-Bissaka. Um, Sean um, Mulcahy. Which account of being lads, if any, have got a genuine chance of squad roles next year? James Garner. Very good. Done well on loan at Forest, not at Watford. Ooh, I'm almost certain to be given a chance pre-season. And if I had to predict, I would say he'll go on loan to a Premier League team next season. And if he can do it there, then great. Things are looking decent. Or if he shines really strongly in pre-season. Uh, but he's done very well. Uh, whereas uh, Dylan Levitt, who's got very good feet, uh, his progress hasn't been as pronounced as James Garner in the last uh, season. Um, Mutley, do you think the protests last season have affected the transfer kit this summer or are the Glazers actually going to invest heavily for a change? Um, don't think that much will will have changed. I also think that um, United have spent good money. They've just spent it badly. I, I, I speak to people all around football all the time and they just laugh at me when I say that Manchester United have not spent money. They just laugh at me. Agents. So that's not the problem. And then they go and list all the different players. It's just that United have wasted a lot of it on, on players who haven't fully worked out. Uh, the protest, there's a few questions on that. I think that the protest had a massive effect. They certainly brought the Glazers to the table after 16 years. And let me see now. Why aren't England showing their potential, given the immensely talented squad they have. Maybe it's one of the best in Europe. That's Prabhu. Uh, I was at Wembley last week for the Croatia game. I thought England started pretty brightly. And then I watched the Scotland game on, on television on Friday night. And it was crap. I stood right behind the goal at Wembley last week, like three metres from Jordan Pickford. What I found really interesting was Kieran Trippier talking minks through the game. I thought that was quite impressive. Not something I'd see even if I was sat... In, in a normal seat. Um, Wayne Buckley. Hello, mate. They were painting the steelwork of the East Stand on Friday. Uh, it may be finished by the time you get back. It looks like they may have listened to you. Woohoo! Hallelujah! Um, Daniel F. Can you bring over... Can you post me some Northern Lights? My last batch was seized at Customs. Yes, yes, Daniel. Of course, I will send narcotics back to... To England for for you, uh, Ivar. If you're in charge of creating a brand new global holiday, what would you name it, and how would it be celebrated? Jesus, mate, <laughs> I, I like it, but my head's just fried. Uh, Bernie, where do you see United finishing next season realistically? If we get the transfers we desire this summer, 
Oof. Good question, because I didn't think United finished second last year. I just think a truer title challenge. But if you would have asked me a year ago, no way could I have seen Liverpool fading like they did do. I also think Chelsea will probably be stronger next season. But look, we'll all know. And last season started really badly. This season's got to start better. Uh, and Solskjaer has won it. Your thoughts on the owner's response to the criticism? Um, I think the proof will be in the pudding. I heard the the fans forum. Uh, Joel Glazer certainly sounds sincere. Action will speak louder than words. And it just will. If there's been no progress, uh, then I think that fans will, will be critical again. You're always going to have some fans critical of the owners. I've done United We Stand 31 years. Martin Edwards, Peter Kenyon, David Gill, all the leading executives, they always got loads of shit. We were getting letters to United We Stand in April 2008 saying the team's a disgrace, Fergie's getting it all wrong, and you know a month later United won the European Cup. So you're always going to get an element of that. But I think a lot of the criticism of the Glazers is absolutely valid. Totally valid. And the way which they acquired the club was wrong. And there's always going to be that cloud over the club, but they're in, they're in no interest to, to, to move on. Uh, John, we should sell De Gea, Lingard and Martial to make way for Sancho. And I'd love us to go for Varane and use De Gea in that deal. OK, well, that's a statement rather than a question. Uh, Oystein, hi, Andy. Lots to talk about. New players, as always. Just wondering if you're hearing anything about potential changes to the coaching team. Has Oli considered bringing in someone with more experience, with a different perspective? Like Sir Alex did with Kieros Mullenstein. Um, good point. When Carlos Kieros came in, he didn't expect to be taking training. And he turned up at the training ground first day. And Fergie just said, you take training today. And he'd not prepared for that. And he said, on one hand, I felt like I'd been handed the keys to a Ferrari. On the other, I wasn't ready to drive it. So by day two, he'd done proper training plans. And the players didn't all warm to Carlos because he called them by the second names. Giggs, Skulls. But he's a great coach and he was a top manager. And Moulinstein, very Rennie was very good with the skills. He was on a previous uh, podcast. I have not heard of anything um, in terms of new coaches being brought in. A couple of tinkerings um, around the first team, but I'd write about them when, it, when it's more... Um, Definite. Finbar, will we make the top four next season? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Sumadeep, I'd love some information on the transfer window. Done that. Uh, as in, what's the actual transfer budget? Don't think there is one. I think United would spend £78 million on a star player and there'd be budget for, for other players as well. I don't think you'd be getting three players at £70 million. And I think a factor is the players which United managed to move on. Uh, what contacts have you got in Madrid to get Varane signed? Well, we spoke about Varane. Um, Rob Jackson, do you think United will buy more than two players this summer? Uh, yes, I do. And will Pogba go while he still has some value? Don't know the answer to that one. Um, when we've done 31 minutes. And let's just take a little break. Because I need to get breath and do an advert. But don't worry, it's not one for Manscaped. 
Right, a little read-through to support our advertisers. So, have you ever browsed in incognito mode? Well, think about this. Incognito mode, like the Chrome browser itself, is a Google product. And Google have made their fortune by tracking your movements online. There's even a $5 billion class action lawsuit against a company in California where it's accused of secretly collecting user data. Google's defense, incognito does not mean invisible. So how do you actually make yourself as invisible as possible online? Well, ExpressVPN. I use them. It's a very good VPN. And it turns out that even in incognito mode, your online activity gets tracked and data brokers still get to buy and sell your data. One of these data points is your IP address, which data harvesters use to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. That makes it much harder for third parties to identify you or harvest your data. Best of all, ExpressVPN is very easy to use. Well, I use it, so it's got to be easy. No matter what device you're on, phone, laptop or smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button for instant protection. So if you really want to go incognito and protect your privacy, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN. Visit expressvpn.com forward slash united and get free extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com forward slash united. Expressvpn.com forward slash united. They're decent. If you're after a VPN, trust me, they're really decent. Okay, so last 10 minutes, I'm just going through the last uh, few questions. Um, Bjorn, how many miles will you rack up during the Euro month? Uh, I don't know, but I'm on the road for 31 days, uh, which sounds great, and it is great, but I also have a young family, so that's not so great, especially on a day like today, Father's Day. I'm going to Baku, so that will take up most of the miles. That's about seven seven hours flight, I think. I've never been there. I'm going via Georgia to get to there. And I've had to reroute my flight so I don't come back through Turkey, which is a red country. I had to cancel the Bilbao and Dublin legs of it as well. Um, so lot, lots is probably the answer. Uh, Paul Morrow. Hello, Paul. As a journalist, who in the world from any industry would you most like to interview? Hmm. Good question. Uh, really good question. Banksy's intrigues me, the artist. Um, and that um, that lady um, from the EU, Margaret Vestager, she's the one who basically went head-to-head with um, Apple and Google and Facebook and, and all of them and just tried to regulate them and basically got right on the case. But I saw her talking in Lisbon a few years ago and I thought she came across as, as being um, very, very interesting. And I, I admired her as well. Uh, Barack Obama, he'd be good in football. Well, I've been lucky enough to interview most of the people in football. Another question asked me about Maradona, what it was like meeting him. Um, the story behind it was brilliant. Just I had an editor say, go to Sinaloa in Mexico, track him down, go and see him. And his club kept saying, no, 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 no. And my editor kept saying, yes, 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 yes. And I'm going to send a photographer with you. A war photographer from the New York Times. And we ended up getting him. And Maradona, he was top with me. And then he walked back to me and said, your team are good at selling shirts, but they need someone who can manage them 
And that person's me. And as soon as he said it, I thought, these quotes are just going to go around the world. And of course, they they did do. And the mad thing about modern journalism is like, a few of my mates said to me a few weeks after, did you see them things about Maradona? What he said. And they'd seen it on some some site. He says, well, yeah, fucking right I did. I went to Mexico to get those quotes. And they'd just seen it on, I don't think one of them said he'd seen it on the Mirror's website or something like that, so... It's mental um, the way that it is. Joel Eaton, uh, what do you think the Glazers' master plan at Old Trafford will look like? New stadium on the Old Trafford site or rebuild of Old Trafford or just a jet wash of the metalwork and leave it as it is? Uh, If I had to predict, I would say uh, capacity expansion. And I saw plans about four years ago, um, which involved the bigger main stand. And they didn't get off the architect's drawing board. No ground was ever broken on them. So I think that that would be the natural thing to do, uh, as opposed to moving from Old Trafford. I get the point that the seats are pretty cramped, but I still like Old Trafford. It's United. It's it's our home. And I've got all these stadiums around Europe, and a lot of them are pretty similar. And I quite like Old Trafford for what it is. It's not perfect, but, but it's ours. It's our home. And... I didn't don't remember whinging about legroom when I was younger, as a younger adult. But um, okay, Michael Hill, if Donny Van de Beek baked in a bakery while baked, what would the bakery be for, and what would they bake? Michael, mate, I've been travelling. My my head is absolutely fried. Travelled right across Europe and today. I can't. I, I'm sorry. I need to be smarter to answer questions like that. Uh, Matt Bolger, centre-half. Jack, anything on central defensive midfielders? Uh, Nafis, what about Varane coming to United? Uh, midfield targets. Um, Sergio Ramos's next move. I'll tell you what I'll learn this weekend in Seville. Sergio Ramos is not that popular there, even though he's from there. Not surprised me. Um, what's the situation on outgoings? I think... United would like to get as much money as possible for Jesse Lingard. Pretty obvious who the other ones are. United would like to move on. Um, Andy, are coffee shops open and can you still get chips with mayo or have they all closed with COVID? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that one. Um, David, who was United's choice of manager instead of Big Ron back in the early 80s? All right, that's, that's interesting. Big Ron was the fourth choice manager. United wanted Laurie McMenemy. He said no. Um, they wanted Ron Saunders and one of them were forgotten. And United were not big payers in 1981. So they got the fourth choice manager. Liverpool regularly outspent Manchester United in wages and United only really broke the bank when they went for Brian Robson. And that was the real significant signing because Liverpool, despite having a slightly smaller revenue, often paid more than, than United. Um, are United serious about Sancho? Says Aditya Gutam. Yeah, I think so. Oli absolutely wants him. United have got money to spend. I think it's just about the, the money. Do we really need Sancho? Is the next question from Alan Young. Um, I think he's a very good young player in a position which United need. You might argue that United need a central defensive midfielder or a central defender. But... I'd be excited if Sancho came. Uh, 
Is that the programme? Asked Paul Kappa. No, it's not, but there's some United We Stand is out and you can order it. And hopefully we'll be back next season with fans. Um, Sancho is the next one. Varane, Sancho. Um, what thoughts on the fixture list? Asks Alex. Honestly, Alex, I've not even looked at it. I know it came out, but I am just flat out covering this tournament. I've not even looked at the fixture list. Which away day are you most looking forward to, Andy? Ask Gora next season. Um, I've not been to Brentford's new ground. Don't think many people have. Although I did walk past it after United lost at Watford um, a year and a half ago because I was staying in Brentford. And I got a bit closer and I took a picture to send to one of my mates who's a ground spotter. He's not an oddball, but he's a ground spotter. And security... <laughs> What are you doing? So I had to leave. Uh, so I, I just think just being able to go away again and away ends. And it's really sad this year. United have had brilliant trips in Europe to top cities. Um, San Sebastian, it got moved. Granada was the perfect away. Gdansk was, was brilliant. Paris, uh, Istanbul, Rome... And fans haven't been able to go with them. That's really sad. I can't think of a season when there's been better European away trips. Leipzig would have been top as well. Tim says, does the grey area still have the best smoke? Um, I don't know the answer to that, Tim. Uh, bros, how come Allison can score with his head? Well, De Gea can't score with his feet. Good question. Like it. Gibbo, why don't United get business done early anymore? Did United ever do that? I just think there's more I think there's a number of factors now there's there's more pressure on it um there's more of a spotlight on it there's more of an urgency there's th this whole sort of transfer world has become bigger and bigger and bigger transfer addicts transfer junkies call them what you want but United haven't helped themselves last season just leaving it so late or appearing to leave it so late didn't didn't help the club whatsoever uh, I just think United are cautious um, let's see now Dutch Mancunians when will you come to Amsterdam I'm here now mate I'm right here right now uh, are we fucked asked Jason O'Loughlin uh, no I don't think United are fucked I don't sorry I see the doom on Twitter I just don't subscribe to it Um, let me see now Varane um, can you get a load of students in Bob Marley wigs to sing Jaden Sancho to hang the DJ by the Smiths? Yes, Mr. Northern Zed. Um, also, watch by the canals because there's pushermen. Oh, BVB railroading United on the Sancho deal. I, I, I suspect that the Sancho deal will be done. I might be wrong, but I suspect that he'll end up as a a Manchester United player. That's from the information that I have. Um, I think... I don't think it'll be a Dortmund player next season. But strange things have happened. Pre-season plans. Um, well, we put all of them in United We Stand. All the fixtures are in there in United We Stand. Away games, uh, QPR. I think this is the only one that's been made public. Trip to Malta. Um, let me see now. He's only the greatest manager in the history of football management. <laughs> you cheeky boy. I was from a Chelsea fan. Clearly not. He needs to win some trophies. Uh, how close is Sancho? Sign God, you're obsessed by signings. 
Can Portugal get by get past France? Mm, of course they can. That Pogba pass the other day was brilliant in Munich. I was sat right behind it. Sancho, Sancho, Calvin Phillips, and loads of anonymous questions. Have I been in a coffee shop? No, I've not, because I've just got here and come straight to the hotel. And uh, probably not going to leave here. I've just been asked to make a little film about um, about Johan Cruyff tomorrow. All right, fans, nice to hear from you, mate. I've not got the answer to your question. Sancho, Sancho. Um, Sancho and someone here saying um, nobody cares what you think cheers there you go and Peter Marriott fuck off and stop copying fan channels nice one Peter Peter Marriott with a picture of a Marriott and 12 followers giving me shit it's a weird weird place is Twitter anyway I appreciate lots of questions that came in I've answered them as best that I, that, I, that I can and I hope you found this worthwhile I'm going to get my head down and I'm going to carry on um, travelling the Summer United We Stand is out it's in the shops now you can download it as well and then once this tournament's finished well we'll probably do another podcast in a couple of weeks uh, I've met some interesting people along the way and um, maybe I'll see a few more um, along the way as well maybe get one or two of them on this podcast anyway Cheers, cheers for listening and we'll be back with the United We Stand podcast soon. Bye-bye.